Transform you in there. I hate a storm, hell Mary's, I make it poor. Good I ain't lying, you little giants, we been defying. Cost be the boss, breaking down the walls. We all lean once the coin gets tossed. Got the plan of action, never acting. No need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four three. The founder of the Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of uh, Hit Me Now, Love Me Later. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut. Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be incredibly pissed off with what you said. All around hustler. Make no mistake about it. I've done this a long time. Try to eliminate this soft society we have. There's a legend. Hey, me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah. Hey, Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good, so are the Stogies. Some real thought, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. Slapdick Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars. Be true to yourself and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said, let's call it the Slapdick Podcast. What up, what up? Well, now it's the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. Hence the hat, hence the merch, hence the gear. CoachJBStore.com. Go get you some gear and uh, go rock it proudly. I appreciate everybody that has gotten some so far. Um, appreciate everybody joining me. Uh, lots to go over, lots to discuss. The great Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio, will be joining me at 2 o'clock hour on the West Coast in about 15 minutes. So I wanted to get started early, get this thing going. I had to start an hour later. Uh, I was in a whiskey meeting and so forth in San Diego, so I had to been ripping and running all day. Plus, my weekend was crazy. I'll get into all that. Um, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V, and you'll get fifty percent off welcome bonus. And tell them JB sent you, man. You can bet on the NBA Western and Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, NHL hockey is advancing. My Kings lost, but Hey, betonline.ag won me some money, so go on over, head on over, use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and tell them that JB sent you. Um, proud sponsor to Hate Me Now, Love Me Later segment of this show, Merciless Monday. Uh, we are going to take no mercy, especially when Amy calls in, and uh, appreciate her joining me. She's a legend, and it'll be a good good one. I'm going to get a few things out the way, though. Uh, like I said, go on over to coachjbstore.com, get you some gear. Uh, hoodies, short sleeve hoodies, long sleeve hoodies, hats, snapbacks, visors, girls, boy shorts, you name it, I got it. Along with the great tasting slapdick whiskey, and the vodka will soon be out, uh, along with my uh, cigars. So just stay tuned. A lot of things happening here on the slapdick front. Um, appreciate everybody joining me on the YouTube. On the audio side, come on over to YouTube, check it out. Um, we're here on this Merciless Monday, a little different start time today due to everything I had going on. Plus I wanted to time up Amy Lawrence's deal and, uh, and, uh, we're going to get after it. So let's start to show up. Uh, let's get after the quote of the day. Tough people are not born. They are made when there's no one there to dry their tears. Let me say it for all you fucks in the back. 
quote of the day. Tough people are not born. They are made. When there's no one there to dry their tears. Man, I'm telling you. All you guys are sucking their teeth. You're all crybabies. You're all wanting somebody to come coddle you and pat you on the back. And all these different things. Well, sometimes there's nobody there to dry your tears. And that is when tough people get created. So go, go get some tough skin on yourself, man. I just had a discussion today about this stuff. We're going to discuss it and dive into it. Um, contrary to belief, also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. I just got a couple things I got to get off my chest. Nuts and guts will always prevail over talent. I'm just telling you right now. Nuts and guts will always prevail over talent. Um, you saw that last night, I hope, with the CP3 and the Booker and this soft shit that we're seeing every day in the NBA, NFL, you name it. Uh, hockey seems like the only one that's still allowed to be rough, tough, and nasty. Seems like it to me anyway. Uh, luck only takes you so far, contrary to belief. Luck only takes you so damn far. And uh, eventually it's going to run out and, and, and fizzle, and you're going to have to have a plan, an attack, plan of attack to figure out how to either survive in this crazy world we're living in or be great at your job or your uh, career. So hopefully you understand that. But nuts and guts will always prevail over talent. And I'm just telling you, you can't give a cat a heart transplant. So uh, contrary to belief, you cannot give a cat a heart transplant. CP3 just don't have it. But we're going to get into it. Um, shout out, first of all, to the, all the victims, man, from the New York shooting here. California, we also had a shooting in a church. Um, it's unbelievable, man. Not only did this dude drive 200 miles to shoot a bunch of um, people. He filmed it live with a GoPro camera. I don't know if any of you have seen it uh, or not. I don't know if you guys have seen this GoPro video of him shooting. I cannot show it. YouTube will shut me down. Um, but it's sickening. He killed 10 black folks, uh, women and men, uh, live on Twitch. Now, this is the part I got a problem with. He could film that, and Twitch allows that gruesome shit. Racist, planned racism, all the shit that happened. He went in there and, 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 uh, and killed 10 innocent people. But Twitch bans me for going live streaming on a football game? <laughs> it's unbelievable. My boy Daybone in the house, appreciate you. Shout out. He said, Lucas said two years ago the NBA was too easy. I guess he's right, man, about that shit. Uh, it just seemed like nobody even cared to try to, to be aggressive with the cat at all. And uh, Dave knows more basketball than I'll ever. You know, he's forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. Um, but we, we disagree on some things, and we agree on some things. We're all from pretty much from the same cloth. I just feel CP3 is so such a bust. I mean, you know, all the top-rated shit. I'm so glad Pat Beverly called him out. Uh, the thing about it is, though, everyone's blasting me on social media today after I posted these videos of Pat Beverly talking shit. And I'm like, he go, they go like, who's Pat Beverly, though? Who's Pat Beverly, though? And I go, Pat Beverly's nobody to me. But he is exactly, literally the same cat as CP3. They, they have zero rings. 
He can literally say what he wants to say because this guy has never beat him in a meaningful or, or he has beat Pat Beverly in playoff games, but he's never won a ring. So either one's won a ring. So to me, they're on the same damn level. So Pat has all, all the right in the world to talk shit if he wants. He guards the dude every, every year, uh, four, six, five, seven, ten times a game. So, you know, to me, he just don't have the it factor. He's a bleeder. CP3's always been a bleeder. That's why I call him CP2. CP3 is Candace Parker. CP2 is Chris Paul or State Paul, State Farm Paul, whatever that other dude's name is. I posted a picture of him last night. Dog, and Booker to me, if anyone ever, 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 ever associates his name with Kobe fucking Bean Bryant ever again, you should be castrated and never, ever allowed to speak on basketball or professional sports again. This dude's in the air, jump passing, turning around, throwing shit to right to Maverick defenders. Like, come on, man. You got to be shitting me. There's no way Kobe does that shit. And for you to say you're Kobe and you've got no willpower to even try to assert yourself and be aggressive in a game where you score 11 points blows my mind. Like, how do you, how do you score 11 points? Now, I understand we all have – all the legendary cats have had bad shooting nights and all that. We, I'm not talking about that. But I'd be damned if you would ever saw MJ or Kobe or even LeBron. Well, I've seen LeBron a few times. But Tracy McGrady, fuck – Bernard King, any Dominique Wilkins, Larry Bird, Matt, any of the greats would have asserted himself and at least attacked the rack, tried to get to the stripe. Something, he ain't even taking shots no more. And CP3, dog, every single time I tell you people all this fucking time on here, he's a choke artist, he's an injury prone or a fake injury prone waiting to happen. And for everyone to keep saying he's a top fucking point guard, it blows my mind. And I'm, that's why I said, Nuts and guts will always prevail over talent. I think CP3 is a great talent. He, he's done all this stuff. But again, like Pat Beverly said, nobody's sweating off guarding him. And he don't guard nobody, even though everyone thinks he's a good defender. Luka took their souls right out the gate. I fully agree. I, I picked him in my, in my, in my fan doing shit, and, and this cat had 20 fantasy points in like three minutes. The cat had like 12 points and seven rebounds in like two minutes. I was like, damn. So, hey, I get it. Um, you know, he took his soul. You know, and, I, and I'm not even the biggest. Um, I wasn't even the biggest. Luca guy, I think he's a great offensive. Uh, obviously, he's one of the great offensive players we've seen in probably recent history. I don't think he can defend a soul, and I don't think Phoenix went after him at all and made him use both sides of the court. He had to defend. He didn't have to defend nobody, and that's the problem. And I think Golden State's going to put him in a trick bag. And I'm going to talk about who I picked uh, going forward. Now, I thought um, I wasn't too hyped on Golden State going in. I, I, I never thought Phoenix was in the mix, but now um, I don't think Dallas can beat Golden State, man. I just don't think it's a good matchup for them at all. And, and uh, Brunson and Dinwiddie would have to play like they did last night in all every single game versus Golden State, and I don't think they could do that. So, yeah, I agree with Dave. Warriors in six, maybe five. Um, so, who knows? But anyway, this guy shoots these people unbelievably Horrible video. I think I actually sent it to my boy Dave that's talking to me right now. Um, and uh, 
But we we have we have guys like Cain Velasquez continue to be denied bail while the pedophile that he tried to shoot for fucking raping his cousin continues to parade around as if he's the victim, which is unfucking believable to me. Like that's where we are in life right now. That's where we are in this world, man. How is this dude who just went in there with a live camera and an AK and shot ten people on Twitch? Still breathing. How is he still breathing? And you wonder why brothers be hot that they get shot for stealing a piece of pizza. Like this, this cat just went in there and shot 10 people, dog. And, and, and he's living. He's breathing right now. He's going to go into a state like New York and never, and, and never die. He's going to be in there forever. Because they don't even have a death penalty. Like, dog, this shit is crazy to me. Jack Nicholas was asked to join the Saudi group for $100 million to be the voice, and he denied them, while Phil Mickelson has basically just floundered and just disappeared. He, he backed out of the U.S. Open uh, this week um, in Tulsa, and uh, I mean, not the U.S. Open. What is it, the PGA? What's, what's this weekend? I'm not sure. It's a major, though. Um, but CP3 is CP2. I told you, Candace Parker, CP3. He's a bust, overrated, and I'm glad that Pat Beverly spoke up. Um, you know, Pat Beverly, to me, I hate his whining bitch and shit too, but you know what? The dude just is one of those guys you have to have on your team if you're going to be successful. He just hasn't had this, the elite squad to win. He's just not that guy individually, but he's a role player that uh, does his job, you know. Um, so, I don't know. It is what it is, man. I'm going to pick Golden State versus the Celtics right now. I just think I, th I like Miami. They're nutty. They're gutty. I like Spolstra and all that shit. And Pat Beverly. I mean, uh, Pat Riley. I'm a huge fan, obviously, a longtime Laker. But I don't know if the Heat, the way Hero's playing, he's not really producing. Um, Robinson don't even play. That's their other long, deep three-point shooting threat. He don't even play. He's a liability on D. Uh, I don't know if... Oladipo and Struess and all these guys, I don't think those guys are good enough on a daily basis to beat a great defensive team in the Celtics, but the Celtics have better offensive players than the Heat do. And other than Jimmy Butler, who can just take over uh, a game by, by being nutty and gutty, not just like he's not like he's Kobe Bryant or nothing, but he's a guy that can will his way, unlike a Booker did. Um, I just think that the, the Celtics have too much firepower they're striking on all cylinders right now these cats are believing in themselves Jalen Brown in my opinion is not even playing very good and they're getting it done and for them to come back and win the last two versus Milwaukee in decisive fashion um, just kind of showed me that they went over the top and I hate to see them beat past the Lakers with 18 rings right now I don't want to see that at all obviously being a Laker fan but at the same time I don't believe uh, the Heat can beat them, man. I don't believe they can match up. Now, I could be totally wrong in this thing. Uh, the Heat does play D. They're nutty-gutty. I just don't know if the Heat have enough scores with Hero not playing lights out like he was during the season. So, um, it's interesting to see this whole thing play out. I don't know um, if they have enough, man. I don't know if they have enough to beat the Celtics. Uh, Dave, you still in here? I don't know what your thoughts are. Dave knows more basketball than any of us. I, I think I think the I got the Celtics playing Golden State, and the Celtics are 
I mean, uh, the Golden State have won it. They've been there before. That's the they have a very big advantage in that regard. Um, yeah, I put Lowry right there with CP3, dog, and and and, uh, and all those other soft fucks. I put him there with. He's another one. He ain't never available. But you know what? What he has over CP3? He has a ring. <laughs> he has a ring. I just don't know if Luca's enough either, man. I don't know if Luca's enough to beat Golden State by himself like he did Phoenix. Because, see, Phoenix had a bunch of dudes who didn't show up and play no D. Bridges played no D. Um, they Aiton was a non-factor. Aiton did nothing yesterday. And he hasn't done anything in the series, in my opinion. So... I don't know, but appreciate you guys. Man, I'm, my special guest is going to come in. Please welcome her with open arms. I appreciate her coming. Make sure you guys treat her respectfully like you always do on my show and not be a slap dick. And uh, I appreciate all you guys coming in. Um, and I'm going to get after. We're going we're gonna to start this deal. Let me see. Um, we're going to start this thing up. But I appreciate everybody coming in and joining the show today. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And uh, I'll see you guys on the other side. Chat, you guys are in the chat. Make sure you hit the like button, pound the subscribe button, and uh, hit the bell notification so you know when I'm on. And if you guys have questions, you know I keep on the chat. Uh, chime in, ask questions, ask away. And then, uh, but I appreciate it. Amy, what's going on? Yo! Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. How about you? Let me turn it up. It's low on oh, your Oh, uh, wait. I'm not loud enough? That never happens to me. Yeah, ever. what's going on with that? <laughs> Let me see. I don't have a cool Is setup Is it my like thing you, or yours? What? I'm just in my boring living room, but as long as you can hear me. No, I hear you. It's just low. Okay, good. Oh, wait. Let's see if I can turn up my mic. I'll try. I'm not so good at this tech stuff. Me either. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm the worst. No, seriously, though, no one ever accuses me of being too soft or not loud enough. <laughs> hey, I'm on this soft subject right now, this whole soft generation of folks I'm dealing with. I'm just going to turn you up on my end and see if I could get uh, more volume. I, d I definitely look like I just woke up. So <laughs> I appreciate Amy Lawrence. If you guys don't know who Amy is, shout out to Amy. <laughs> Clap it up. You have quite, actually, we have almost, I don't know, 100 people in here. You guys, you have a lot of fans of mine. Uh, my fans love you. Uh, they've been asking for you for since I announced you were going to come on last week. Um, Yay. They all say they can hear you, so. Um, okay, good. You know what it is? Talk again. Hello. See, they hear you because I don't have my headphones on. Oh, so that's brilliant. I, brilliant. Now, I don't use them because so, I, I just keep my thing. I got this setup here that they hooked me up with, and so it's cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it was my fat. I didn't turn my, my dang thing around. So now I can hear you. <laughs> so now you know that I'm plenty loud enough. Yes, you're Good. fine. You sound great. Um, look, all these people in the chat are already like, a is the best. So good. Um, thank you. So for you to don't know out there, public, uh, general population, everyone, Amy has a great, great successful show and she works graveyard basically, right? Like a lot of us. <laughs> layman's we're working graveyard shifts she works graveyard and she her morning is right now so it's 5 p.m on the east coast she goes what do you go midnight no i go 2 a.m eastern 11 o'clock pacific so it's when all the cool stuff happens all the good stuff happens at night jamie uh hey you ain't lying about that right um 
So she goes late at night, and then she goes at home, and then she feeds her dog, walks her dog, and goes, try to get some sleep, gets up, gets yes. coffee, and then I'm the first person she's seen today. I know it. I know coffee. it. I, look coffee. at that. Coffee. Is that Dunkin' Donuts? Coffee. Well, I'm just using the cup, but yes, it is Dunkin' Donuts. I haven't seen a Dunkin' Donuts cup in years. Oh, you know it's a Northeast staple, but I'm a good New England girl. Girl, uh, grew up in New England where Duncan was founded. Oh man, yeah, Duncan used to be my spot. That was the, that was the spot. So, so tell everybody how you guys, how you kind of got started. Like, where, where, you just oh, told gosh. everyone where you're from, but what got you started in this profession? Like, were you an athlete? Uh, I did. I played five sports and played college basketball. And so basketball was what I fell in love with when I was a kid, but I did everything, you know, kind of like what most kids should be doing these days, right? Playing softball, basketball, maybe running cross country. Like I did, I played some volleyball was all about it. Love sports, but that's not what got me into this business. Uh, About mm, age 14, 15, I fell in love with late 80s NBA. So we're talking about Larry Bird, the Boston Celtics. I was growing up in New Hampshire and we did not have cable TV where we lived because we were out in the boonies, right? So we had a, a bear that lived in our front yard. That's how far out we were from Concord, New Hampshire, from the downtown. And so the only way that I could follow my beloved Celtics and Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge, I have a poster, by the way, with all five of those guys in my poster. So the only way that I could follow them was to listen on the radio. And so as I started to listen to the great Johnny Most and then Glenn Ordway, I really fell in love with the idea of describing the action or telling the story in a way that people who couldn't see it with their own eyes didn't feel like they were missing anything. And voila, a radio junkie was born. So from the time I was 16, I started telling everyone I was going to be the first female Johnny Most, the first female play-by-play announcer uh, in the NBA on the radio. And that's still, I'm still that same girl. That's still my dream gig. Never thought talk shows. That was never the deal. Though, as my mom reminds me, I've always been a really good talker. But that was where it started, was listening to the Celtics and the NBA and Westwood One, NFL. I fell in love with the excitement of the NFL when I was a teenager. And so it was kind of born there. Uh, and I it really never changed. As much as... I'm willing to do this video podcast with you. I hate being on camera. I suck at it. I feel like a weirdo. And so radio and my studio, much more comfortable for me. You are the same. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm telling you. It took forever for them to convince me to do my own show. I was like, ah, I'll go on your show, but I'm not doing the show. And I wouldn't go on anyone's <laughs> video shows. You had to do well, audio only. Right. So normally the answer is no. Normally the answer is I only do audio because that's my comfort zone. But for you, because we've connected over dogs and a bunch of other stuff. It's good. It's good for me to get out of my comfort zone. But like I said, I can't uh, defend looking like I just woke up. So sorry about that. Being comfortable, (laughs) being uncomfortable, right? Yes. No, it's good. Actually, you and I were texting a little while ago and I didn't even realize we were doing video. I had a hat on. I was just getting coffee. I was kind of Monday grumpy. So, you know, this is for you. Hey, every, so everybody knows she hit me up. She's like, this is audio, right? And I go, shoot, no. I said, it's uh, it's supposed to be video. And, and I'm like, oh, is that no good for Uh-oh. you? And, you know, other things, too. There's, there's people out there that I've talked to that, you know, I can't do it because of this and that. Especially with me being this, you know, I know I'm a 
straight church laced person, but everyone thinks I'm just like, you you know, I can't go on JV. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to get her fired. So come on now. Um, So let me ask you this. You guys, so everyone knows you. Everyone's blowing up the chat because they like you. Um, Nice. They said you should be here for my poker parties on Saturdays because you would talk shit to me. So I said, that's good. So what, so. Every, a lot of people know you're on ESPN. So what made you leave yeah. that for CBS? Your own more control, your own voice, bigger platform for you as individual? Or what yeah, do you, you think? You know, a lot of things, actually. But it was a leap of faith because ESPN is the cornerstone of the business, right? When people think sports broadcasting, that's what they think. And at the time, it had been my job, steady job, for almost nine years. So they gave me a shot. From the time that I started, there was really the only female host. I know now they hold up female hosts like uh, they're some kind of trophy. But when I was there, I was the only female host that was on the network. And it was an opportunity for me to cut my teeth in network broadcasting. So really important skills to learn, like understanding your audience. A network audience is not the same as a local audience. How do you appeal to hundreds of thousands of people all over the country and keep them engaged even when you're talking about a specific team or a specific story. And so it also taught me, you know, how to reset and the semantics of working in network radio, all the boring stuff, right? But the stuff that has to be done in order to make sure that people know what they're listening to, blah, 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 blah. But part of the issue was that and, and I'm grateful for the time at ESPN because I learned that's how I made a lot of mistakes and that's how I got to be the host that I am now. But part of what makes ESPN so successful is a formula. So JB, they have a formula and you must fit into the formula. No one host or personality is bigger than the formula. And after a while, I just outgrew it. Um, I had program directors who told me that I needed to be more like the guys. So don't have a personality on the air. Don't laugh on the air don't have as much fun, quote unquote, because it highlights the fact that you're a female and we really want you to to be more like the guys and have credibility. I actually had a program director tell me, don't laugh on the air because it takes away from your credibility as a female. And so I just outgrew it and I was ready for a change. Thankfully, CBS Sports Radio launched in 2013 and the program director, one of the founders, Mark Chernoff, who is now in the Hall of Fame, he's a giant in sports broadcasting. He called me up one day and said, I have two questions for you. What's your status with ESPN and are you available? And at that point, I was ready for something new. Now, it doesn't mean it wasn't scary as all get out. It was. uh, But instantly the change was Mark Chernoff and Eric Spitz, who are my bosses, CBS Sports Radio, they only wanted me to be me. They did not want me to be like anyone else. They didn't want me to be like one of the guys. And that confidence, that belief that I could, in fact, be a host without a formula, a box, a safety net, a support system. I mean, it was it was amazing the difference it made in me on the air and just the the ability for me to try new ideas to be creative. If they flopped, fine. I owned it. And then I I tried something new. But that freedom and that creativity was not something that I had at ESPN. Again, I am grateful for the opportunity. It, it prepared me for what I have now. But I had outgrown that formula, JB. And it was just ready for me. I was it was time. I, I, I need like, to move on. I watch it. And when when Stephen A is on there with Molly Quorum and whoever else, 
it is like the <laughs> biggest smack in the face to women, like to me. And, and I got a daughter and everything, and I, I'm, I'm so pro-woman when it comes to certain things. I'm just like, they won't let her talk. She gets nothing out, and it's so disrespectful. They talk over her closing out to go to commercial. They, you can't even understand what she's saying. And I'm just like, I'm like, wait up. Like, it's unbelievable. So I do posts, you know, me, my, you know, I'm, I get a little primitive at times, Amy. But, uh... <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm like, can you let her talk? Can you let her get, you know, that's why when you said nobody's bigger than it, I'm just like, ah, some people might think Stephen A is, but you know how it goes. I do. I do. And honestly, that's part personality, but yes, it's, it's also, but if they don't let you have your own, then it's kind of hurting you as far as marketing yourself. You know what I mean? You couldn't mark yourself if they tell you not to be yourself, but then he's personality one-on-one and you're like, wait up now. So, well, there definitely is a hierarchy, and that's in a lot of places yeah, in yeah. our business. I mean, that's what it is, but I don't care about those things. If I was in this business for fame right. or for recognition right. or for all of the clicks and the tweets and right. all of the social media right. footprint, then I wouldn't have picked radio, right? A lot of women pick TV because... Well, for obvious reasons, because there's more money in it, there's more profile in it, uh, depending upon what your goals are, it's easier to be seen and to be heard. I don't give a you know what about any of those things. What I want to do is talk about sports. What I want to do is connect with an audience. What I want to do is have a good time and entertain, which is why I continue to stay on the overnights. I've had multiple opportunities to change. People come at me all the time with only truckers listen when you're on the air. Oh, dear God, have you seen the army of semis that are on the highways these days? Yeah. But anyway, I don't care about about recognition. I certainly don't care about money because there's no money in radio for the most part. But I love what I do. I have a passion for it. And you know what? That keeps me going when the hours are hard, when the shows get long. How about when I'm doing two and a half months of nightly radio shows, four hours a night with no sports? It's funny when people tell you to stick to sports and there are no sports, right? That was 2020. Right. Oh, yeah. And you get the dead time seasonal like at the end, you know, in between before baseball starts back, you kind of have no football, no basketball, no baseball for a minute. Oh, well, you know, the NFL never takes a break. The yeah. NFL, this is how I describe it, JB. You'll love this. The NFL is a jealous lover. The second you start paying attention to anything else, right. the NFL trots out its schedule release. Right. Or they've got uh, now a combine that's that's televised nationally that goes on prime time because they can't stand it when you start to pay attention to anything else. So I will say the NFL drives the bus year round. We talk 75% NFL uh, obviously during season, it's even more than that. But I learned early on that the NFL carries the country. But yeah, so NFL, and then you're talking about NBA, NHL, even now with the Stanley Cup playoffs, the sudden death is great. But honestly, it's it's really sometimes the stories about my dog or my 100-year-old grandmother or the fact that I saved a stingray on the North Carolina beach last week. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've done what? my duty to help the planet. Yeah, so, I mean, we have a good time. No one person is is so uh, stuck in, you know, in, in one dimension, meaning, like, no humans are so one-dimensional that they only talk about sports or think about sports. So Unless you're forced time to be. Ago, yeah, a yeah, long time ago, I realized that people just want to connect with you, and if they can relate and identify, if you are not talking at them, but you're talking to them and with them, like you and I are, then they will adopt you as a companion, and they feel like you're part of their daily routine. What, what, I gotta hear the Stingray story. Uh... <laughs> 
So you didn't have to get peed on or nothing, right? Oh no, that's jellyfish. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I did. It was not a jellyfish, but it did have a stinger. So this is crazy. My friends and I were walking the beach in North Carolina. We were at Atlantic Beach, which is south and west, a little bit of the Outer Banks. And so we're walking the beach, and it's late at night, and we come across this stingray who has been washed up on the sand. And he obviously can't get back to the water. He's still breathing, but he's clearly dying. So my heart was broken for a stingray. Don't ask me why. I don't know why I can't just keep walking. And we're trying to get him back in the water. So my bright idea, it was pretty cold that night on the beach. So a friend of mine is wearing gloves, right? So we ask her if we can borrow her gloves. There's three of us. The other friend and I, we go to pick him up by his wings. Oh, no, he wasn't having that. He starts, like, flapping his wings. His tail comes up with the stinger. I swear it turns colors when he's getting, like, anxious to sting you. So that didn't work. He was not cooperating. He probably thought we were going to kill him. So our next try was a piece of driftwood, JB, picking up a stingray with a piece of driftwood and flinging him into the water is a lot easier it's, it's actually it's easier done. said than done, right? And so he didn't get it. So he's flopping all around. He's not he's not cooperating. He thinks we're trying to kill him. A couple of times I pick him up with the driftwood and then try to throw him and he just flips over so that his eyes are staring up at us and his little st- <laughs> his little stinger, poor guy. We get him in the the water same. the first time. Yeah, we get him in the water the first time and he doesn't swim. I think he's dazed. I think I confused him. So he he didn't take advantage of the wave and and swim, Stingray, swim. So we had to do it again. So yeah, I was essentially like trying to scoop him up and get the sand underneath him so I didn't scar him for life and then chuck him back into the water. But finally, we got him into the waves enough that he could swim away. Oh my goodness. How big I, was it? Screeching. Uh, let's see. He was probably about a foot across. So he says he was an adolescent stingray, but the screeching, cause like every time he would, his little stinger would come up or he would flap his wings. My friends and I would scream. I'm sure that was great. There is a video. No one will ever see the video. <laughs> so yeah, we saved the stingray. We did our job to save the planet. <laughs> one, of, one of the guys in the show says you picked him up by the eyes. No way. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I don't know. If that's- I mean, I felt so bad. He was staring at me. He couldn't breathe because he needed some water. I just couldn't leave him there. But yeah, every time he got all anxious and flapped his wings, we started screaming like girls. <laughs> what, what, what is your, what is your, um, Brittany Griner take? Oh, it's probably not super popular. Is that Okay. <laughs> oh, that then that means we get along even better. What do you mean? Right, good. <laughs> uh, so if you're Brittany Griner, and, and I get it, you're playing basketball in Russia. I understand. I, I work in women's college basketball a lot. My Wait, where'd you go to college? Here. Where'd you play hoop? Well, I played hoop at Messiah College in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And then I went to Syracuse and got my master's and started working with the basketball team there so I could do play-by-play. And that was really my first opportunity. So I got um, a question. I, did you do you So did you watch the show that I was on? Uh, I saw part of it in preparation for your interview on my show. That okay. was my show prep. Okay, yes. so my boss on that show, greatest woman, salt of the earth, her name is Tammy. She was my AD. Um, she's a yep. K-State Hall of Famer, legendary. Awesome. Uh, and she was Olympian. So she, now she was in what, the 84 Olympics? So mm-hmm. I don't know what age that puts her in or you in. I don't even want to ask that because you'll hang up on me and castrate me. So... What do you know, Tammy Romstead? Do you remember that name? I do remember the name. I do not remember her playing. So that would have been when I was. So really she young. used to go over to Russia 
back yes. in the day because right. that's where a lot of the preparation they had, they had to go over there like six times. She said during the whole Olympic run, all those things. Yep. And that's why I was kind of not to cut you off. I was trying to. I was okay. kind of like you might be talking about the same things that she talked about. So right. So all, a lot of these WNBA players, in order to make money, I mean, there is some money in the the WNBA, but they cap it. It's it's funded by the NBA, so they don't make as much money as they would like. Certainly not as much as the NBA makes for obvious reasons. So they go overseas a lot of time. Their their season is shorter. They want to continue playing. There's an opportunity there to be stars on their teams, and and they go all over the world, not just Russia, other parts of Europe. I've got friends who play in Greece. I've got friends who played in Israel. Right. So I know a lot of people who spread out. So I understand why she was there. But when the U.S. State Department issues this edict that Americans need to get the heck out of Russia and beware of danger, because what happens if you're a high profile American in Russia? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Right. So that's my first thing is, again, I understand she was playing. But for heaven's sakes, your life, your freedom, your safety are more important than your basketball. You've got a family at home. Get your ass out of Russia. So that's one thing. The second thing is, why do you have anything in your bag that would be flagged by security. Okay, and, and this is not me making a political statement about what she had or what she was smoking or what she was using. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't give international authorities any reason to detain you because that's all they need. In their eyes, this is not an illegal detention, right? Now, I know the United States is getting involved now and it should because they're using her as an example, but why? Why do you have anything in your bag that would flag, that would get you detained? That's the last thing you should be doing. And I'm not speaking as someone who's never traveled internationally. I do work with youth in Cuba. It's a communist country. You do not take things in your bags that are going to get you flagged. We once went into the country and one of the girls that was on my team had a, a, a carry-on bag full of crayons. The Cuban government stopped us, wanted to know, why are you carrying all these crayons? What are you doing, right? Because we're not supposed to be working with churches and like doing this youth week. And so I said to her, you know, no normal traveler carries a suitcase full of crayons. I didn't know that that that's what she had in there. So thankfully, I was able to talk down the, the agent at the airport and just mention it was a one-time gift. We weren't going in to do anything nefarious. But man, when we're, when we're in Cuba and Havana, we're followed around by authorities with machine guns, for heaven's sakes. Why is she giving the Russian authorities any reason to detain her? I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying it's just she should have been released. She's not a threat to the Russian government. But of course, they want this high profile American to use as a bargaining chip. So I, I just wish that she had made different decisions. But of course, I believe this is this is horrifying. And I can't imagine being in her situation. Yeah. And I, I said on here on my show, I'm just like, you know, I deal with this all the time with players that go to jail or kids that other other things that happen and i'm like look you can't do the crime don't you can't do the time don't do the crime and yeah bottom line is she's had other issues before this it wasn't her first and i'm just like well you know i kind of don't agree with the fact that i don't know why we're getting involved because if we go to war over this i'm gonna be hot I, yeah, I don't think we're going to go to war over it, <laughs> but at least I hope not. That feels uh, no like doubt. a bad idea. But but what Russian wants to do, obviously, is some kind of a prisoner exchange. Yes. I mean, didn't they just do that with a journalist yep. that they had? Uh, or maybe it was another country. Forgive me for not knowing that for sure. But I mean, this is what these other countries. That's rumor. Do. That's a, that is a rumor right now. 
yeah, they want to do a prisoner exchange. They, they say, hey, we've got Brittany Griner. She's a high profile uh, WNBA player. We'll give her back to you when you give us someone that you've detained. And a first uh, rounder. Not, again, yeah, not, not rocket science here. I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot to figure out. So yeah. I, I understand that it's, again, it's probably horrifying. I can't imagine being in that situation. And she's got to be terrified, no matter how big you are or how great you are at basketball. It doesn't equip you for something like this unless you're military trained. Um, yeah. And even then, I wouldn't wish yeah. it on anyone. So I hate it for her, but I, I just wish that she had thought it through before she decided to do what she did. Sometimes we hang around with folks that give bad advice, I tell you. Uh, that's why yeah. my circle's so small, Amy. Um, it, it's made up of how many dogs? Four dogs? Now four again. Yep, I'm back to four. I, I got to tell <laughs> that story here in a minute, but, oh, man, what a crazy weekend. Um, so when did you begin, begin loving dogs? Oh, gosh. Well, we grew up with dogs. So grew oh. up in New Hampshire. We had Australian Shepherds, German Shepherds. Uh, we once had a Dalmatian. That did not work out so well because they are tough dogs to take care of. They're crazy, I, huh? They're yeah, crazy, they huh? are. They're, they're so beautiful, but they're not easily trained. Oh. So when I was growing up, we always had dogs and cats, too. We had both. Um, and, you know, in this business, you move around a lot. So if you're if you want to make it in radio, quote unquote, and become someone who has your own show and your own real estate, you really have to chase the job. So I would pick up and move a lot. So it wasn't a life that was conducive to a dog. So I would have cats, right? So in 2020, I lost a cat that I'd had for 18 years. She had she's my longest relationship other than family. She'd been with me for through everything, right? For yeah. so many moves and so many jobs. But when I was getting ready to, to move from ESPN, I thought, you know what? My life is stable enough. I'll get a dog. Little did I know that eight months later, I was going to rip up my whole life, leave my house, my friends, my church, my job, and start all over in the New York City area. But Penny, who I've had for 10 years, she's my Australian shepherd. She is, uh, she is loyal. She's constant. And she really, honestly, is, is like a support dog and stable. And so... We've been through everything. I take her with me everywhere, including a road trip to Houston over Christmas for two and a half weeks because that's where mom is. Uh, I just, I love the fact that you can have an animal that understands you, right? So she knows words. She's really sensitive to my road rage. So I have to be careful when I start screaming in the car because the dog <laughs> picks up on it. So yeah, been an animal lover my whole life. And I wish I, honestly, if I could retire and have a farm with horses, and dogs, I would be in heaven, JB. Heaven. I, I, like, I miss me and like just Stogie, right? My dog that was on the Aww. show. Like, I yeah. miss just me and having one dog. Like that was because it's you're much more intimate, I guess. Yes. I got four. I love them to death. They're all their own individuals. Right? They're crazy. But it's hard to like give all of them your love. They get jealous. Yes, like, they do. Like my, my girl just snapped at my, my puppy right sure. now. Like getting that, you're messing, you're, you're on daddy's feet. Like, let me be there. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those things. So when you have one, obviously it's a lot easier, but I what feel do you do pain. when you travel? Because that's my big thing. Penny's 12 and a half now, and it's hard for me to leave her. So I didn't go to the Super Bowl because for the first time in a long time, because she was just getting on insulin and I didn't have anyone that I trusted to take care of her. So what do you do when you travel? So there's a, so I have like, I have a couple people that help me out. Like they'll come watch her. I just created oh, uh watch them. I created a, uh, since I was bringing back Bailey, which nobody really knows yet. Um, I, I, uh, I made a nice clean ass 
four separate kennel connection on my turf Aww. and my dog run side. I put like these nice drapes things over them and it looks like legit. <laughs> Keep the sun out, all this stuff. So I made that in case I have to leave. Now, that's not going to fix me leaving for a week, but like just for a couple hours or a couple days, I mean uh, a couple hours in the day, um, I have to have something because I either I don't want them to fight accidentally and I don't want them to – the puppies – I bought my outdoor patio uh, cushions on around my fire pit. I've bought those new four times in the last three months. Uh, that's one. And then I've probably replanted new plants, maybe probably six times since this puppy's been born. He's only five and a half months. Um, so you are a brave man, JB. You're a brave man. I'm just like, I spend more money on repairing shit than I do buying new stuff. So I'm just like, you. so now I had to get the kennel for that. And they're not bad in it. They don't bark. They like it. They're actually cool. It's big enough. It's, it's like they're five by fives, uh, like eight, six feet tall. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they're cool. So that's what I do. But when I go away, if I have to go, then I get now there. Also, there is a uh, there's a there's an app now that I want to call. I want to say it's called Bravo. But apparently it's like it's not even that expensive, to be honest. Um, OK, they'll come to your house. Instead of you boarding them, they'll house board. They will house board. And they're all like resume, legitimate background check. Like they, this is a big company and they, uh, it's called Rover. Sean Waffle just said it in my, uh, in my chat here. So it's called Rover. Check out Rover. It's an app. And I got hip to it by a buddy that, that trains dogs. And he's like, it's the best thing. They'll come to your house. They'll actually house sit and dog sit you, your, your dogs. And, um, I think it's like 40 bucks a day for some, some of them. So it ain't bad at your house. So they're comfortable at their house. You don't, you know, my dogs are going to have anxiety, uh, separation anxiety. There's no way I can board them. Right. No, I don't board Penny. She's too old for that. Yeah. And I've never boarded them period. So I'm like, no way I'm not boarding them. So, (laughs) you know, um, all right. Rover. Got it. Rover. Yep. Right. I I got, I, I appreciate you, Sean waffle. Um, so I, I assume your NBA pick is the Celtics. No, don't assume. You know what happens when you assume. Yeah, you hey, I am, a, I am so happy. Me. Hey, how about this? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it. I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a soundbite, but I won't say it. With, I won't put it up with you. But basically, okay, I know assumptions you. make asses of you. I, I would say they make slapsticks of you, but I, you know. Oh, um, no. I don't even know what that term means, and I do not want you to explain it to me. It's so good. funny. I'll tell you this story. I was talking to my producer, and I was because my producer is the one that found you and brought you on my show. So producer Jay gets all the credit for that, and now we're connected, which is awesome. And you initially said to me when you came on my radio show, uh, I would invite you on my podcast, but you would get fired. I thought, well, okay, that's probably better to leave that alone. And so then you come back to me a week later and say, hey, I've changed the name of my show. It's no longer that term that you used. And uh, I said, he said, what term? And I said, slap, you know, and he, (laughs) and I said, I can't even say it with a straight face. So I'm sorry. I'm a little uncomfortable saying that word. So you know what it means? (laughs) You know what it means? Uh, no. Okay. Look, I'm going to give you my definition. No, it's totally, it's totally, you'll like it. You'll like it. Okay. It is a non-malicious human, which we all are, hopefully, that does things and continues to screw up and make mistakes in a non-malicious manner. So just stupid. Kind. I don't know if it's stupid. See, I think stupid's worse than slapdick. 
See, that's just me. <laughs> ignorant, maybe? Oblivious? Yeah, and naive. ignorant is life-threatening, so maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know. Um, all right, so I, I was asked for assuming. So you're... Yes. You grew up Celtics fan, so I'm like, okay, she's yeah, got to. Yeah, but what, but what does my rooting interest have to do with anything? I mean, if, if that's how you do a radio show and that's your credibility as your rooting interest, then you shouldn't be on the air. Or people should know not to listen to what you say. Right. Now, here's, here's my general theory about predictions. When you make predictions, the sports world laughs in your face. How many people knew that the Phoenix Suns were going to trail the Dallas Mavericks at home in Game 7 by 46 points? WTF, what? What just happened? So every time you attempt to, or we attempt to try to figure out what's going to happen in the sports world, we get surprised. The NFL loves it when you make predictions because it never goes according to form, right? So that the NFL playoff field, half of it turns over every year. So it's, it's such a great puzzle, jigsaw puzzle, really. So predictions are just guesses. And unfortunately in our business, predictions uh, and guesses uh, get tied to our credibility. But I will say this, if we're talking about the field that's still remaining, it's not that I don't respect what the Mavericks have done or, I mean, the Celtics played tenacious defense, but Miami's going to make them look ugly. It's going to make work harder. The Milwaukee Bucks ran out of steam. You could see that clearly without Chris Middleton and PJ Tucker, by the way, who is now a member of the Heat. Uh, they're a different team. Every team's got injuries, so that's not an excuse. But I will say the team that I believe right now has got uh, the most experienced, but also has got that killer instinct and is playing such great basketball, game five notwithstanding, is the Golden State Warriors. I know they end up beating the Grizzlies at the end without John ja Morant. It's a completely different animal that way. But Steph Curry, Klay Thompson's rounding into form. Draymond Green is the heart and soul of that team. Kevon Looney had 22 rebounds the other night, even though he was like running on empty. Uh, Mike Brown said, I mean, I just kept asking him, are you okay? Can you stand in there? Are you okay? I think he played 35 plus minutes. Uh, and then they've got guys off the bench who, well, Jordan Poole, who clearly is in his element in the postseason. It's not the same team that went to five straight NBA finals. But right now, to me, they're playing their best basketball. The Celtics and Heat are going to make each other look super ugly. I mean, that could be a knockdown drag out. And as much as these Eastern Conference series, uh, they take so much out of you physically and mentally, it, it takes a toll, right, when you end up getting to the next round. So whoever comes out of the East is a formidable foe. I honestly don't know who it's going to be. I mean, you see the way the Celtics shot threes yesterday, but Miami's going to make that really difficult. Uh, again, they want, they'll fight you. Miami wants you to look like trash on the court. Uh, and so I feel like the Warriors right now, they're, they're comfortable in their own skin. They can beat you a variety of ways. So if you're making me, uh, make an ass of myself. I'll go with the Warriors as the the champion. Weird, I know. <laughs> I, I think Boston has so like the Heat and Boston are very similar on defensively. I don't think that the Heat, if Hero's playing as average as he is, I don't think they can. They don't have enough firepower to match Boston's firepower on a on a day to day. See, Boston plays great defense, but has four guys that can score thirty. Right. Miami right. has one guy. Without Lowry, um, and, and Wait, well, they have Bam out of bio. He's good for a double double, almost double double. Yeah, 
Al Horford will make life difficult for him like he did yes. for Giannis. Yes. Uh, so so you've got Jimmy Butler, you've got Bam Adebayo. I don't know about Kyle Lowry's status, uh, status excuse me, I hope yeah. we're going to see him. Tyler Hero, I'm not sure what's going on with Duncan Robinson. That's been You don't even play cuz he's not he's a liability I think on defense. On defense, yeah, it's it's a weird situation now, but you're right. Boston's deeper. It's just that you don't count out Miami cuz they're tenacious and if they can make you play their style of game, which is a rock fight, right? It's a rock fight. Uh, and, and if they can drag you down to that level, then they can hurt you. They, they, and Jimmy Butler, he is a badass. Do you know he a loves the Backstreet Boys? I mean, we might be siblings from another mother. Loves the Backstreet Boys. I used to be a closet Backstreet Boys fan, not anymore. Now I'm just out there. Uh, and he also drinks coffee like it's going out of style. So in the bubble in Orlando, he was the only one selling who it. brought a brought a coffee maker with him. And so he was selling coffee at like twenty five <laughs> bucks a cup to his NBA uh, cohorts. Anyway, so he's a he's a character. He's so amazing. And Pat Riley, obviously Eric Spolstra. There's a brain trust there. They may not be flashy. They may not uh, look like the Warriors when they're playing ball, but I don't think you can dismiss them. It's like I said, it's going to take a toll on both those teams. No, I agree. I'm with you 100. percent I I just don't know if Bam is the guy, even though he can get you a double double. I don't think he his his points in the in the paint. I don't believe can impact a team like Boston or Golden State heavy enough to change the outcome. Like his points are going to be you know nutty gutty rebounds and points but I don't believe it's going to have enough impact like he's not that guy like a Clay Thompson second scorer that he can come light you up for 30 in a minute you know he's going to be the guy that grinds you but but it goes with your 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 sentiment like Miami that's their that's their plan anyway to grind you Mm -hmm. so if that works out I do believe Bam's a huge viable second but if it doesn't and they get behind he's not the second guy you want to score you want hero so he can shoot quick get it out you know but I don't know if they have that but anyway, I'm not a STEM basketball analyst, but um, but see, I know all sports. See what I'm saying? You got you got to be a jack all trades in this profession. Um, yes, you do. That's why I love the talk show and I love national because I don't have to talk about the same two teams over and over and over again. I did local for years, so about uh, well about. Just over 20 years ago, I made my jump into full-time sports radio and initially was was local, right? So I worked in Oklahoma. I worked in Providence, Rhode Island. I did some work in the Boston market. I worked all over the place. Um, but what I found about national is there's just so much more to talk about. Uh, I get bored now talking about the same two or three teams. So I love having a show. The PGA Championship is this week as well, right? In Tulsa, Oklahoma. You've also got Stanley Cup postseason and sudden death. Is there any better phrase that incites more stress and tension than game seven sudden death which is what we got on sunday uh and just think hockey had six of them yeah yeah, it was awesome uh it was five plus the two nba but you know who's counting uh so the the uh the nfl is never far behind either they just did their schedule release which gagged me with a spoon how about the i know that's so 80s how about the worst radio show ever i hope you didn't do this because now i'll have to offend you and apologize Going through a team's schedule and predicting how many wins they're going to have. You had to do that to how many no. teams? No. I, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but there are shows that do it, which, oh, come on. Can we be a little more creative? Wait, they do every, sh- every team or just their favorite? 
Well, local radio obviously will do their favorites and go through and predict how many uh, teams, you know, how many wins their team will have. It's just, it's boring as heck because A, it's May. B, one injury can change everything. We don't even know what the rosters are going to look like yet. And like I said, the NFL laughs in your face when you make predictions. So yeah, just, I'm glad I missed that last week. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Who's your favorite, who's your two uh, favorites to meet up for the Super Bowl? No, stop it. It's May. I can't give you a Super Bowl prediction in May. I, I, I so, said that on purpose because of your take. We do this. We do this segment on my show every. It's I can't. I show. can't stand more. I, I don't. I hate. I, I don't. I don't. I never say the word hate, but that is the Sports worst. I, I cannot stand someone to tell me, no. oh, the, the Chiefs are going to win it again. I'm just like, yeah. you're not even completed your roster yet. Uh, seriously, uh, give me a dartboard and I'll be happy to just throw a few darts at some logos. But my yeah, so my um, my show does this segment every it's our Tuesday night show into Wednesday morning. It's called our hump show for obvious reasons. Middle show of the work week. And we do this segment called Ask Amy Anything. We've been doing it going back to my time on the weekends. Every single week, someone asks me who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to win the World Series, who's going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't freaking know. And if I did, I wouldn't be doing a talk show. I'd be in Vegas betting my rear end off, right? So, no, I have no idea. And if I tell you I do, I'm lying. And, I don't know. Not only are we lying when we say that, but these people cannot grasp the concept that <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, God forbid any of them get hurt, but he might break his ankle. How do you know these guys are going to play the whole game? Like, right, you don't. The or whole the season. The line's not going to be a sieve in front of a quarterback or anything like this and especially after an NFL offseason like what we've just come through with the number of quarterbacks who've changed teams but honestly JB uh, if you're looking for a prediction wide receivers changing teams is going to be the big story this upcoming season that's going to have a greater impact at the number of all pro and pro bowl wide receivers who have changed uniforms is going to be bigger even than the quarterbacks who've changed teams so i'm curious on who's next i'm curious (laughs) on what position group's next because i have my own thought process in this thing because you know quarterbacks rule the world um, you know, left tackles, right? <laughs> left tackles are very, very, you know, usually they were the second highest paid forever. And then right. you get D tackles, um, or even were the third highest paid forever. I think that's the next big, uh, money grab right there. Every one of those D tackles, somebody's going to get a big contract. And the next thing is going to be D tackle in the NFL. And right now with the salary cap going upwards and all this different stuff, D tackles are a commodity, and you got to get to your highest paid player in the in the world, and that's the quarterback, and he's the guy you got to get to him. So, D tackles, DNs, they're going to be big time. Um, you know, request they're going to be big money guys here shortly, and just like this wideout crew, it's just one of those fads right now. Wideouts are, and in my opinion, I wouldn't pay any of those wideouts any of that money. That's well, me Devontae as a Adams coach. Is, That's me as a Devontae coach. Adams is slick, and he wanted to go to Vegas, and the Packers offered him more money, but he desperately wanted to play with Derek Carr. I mean, someone wants to play with Derek Carr, and he desperately wanted to play in Vegas, right? And so for him, that's a unique situation. The Tyreek Hill thing was about money. Uh, The A.J. Brown situation, absolutely about money. The Chiefs said we can't afford him. Uh, I mean, it's it's been like musical chairs. As you point out, we're obsessed with quarterbacks, right? We give them way too much of the credit, and they absorb far too much of the blame for anything that goes wrong, like the war in Ukraine. But in the case of wide receivers, we've seen so many of them move around. How quickly 
can a quarterback and his new wideouts, his new receiving group, get on the same page? Think about how well Matthew Stafford left Detroit, moved to L.A., and instantly had a rapport with with uh, shoot, what is his name? The Triple Crown winner. This, I'm out of football mode. Um, oh my oh. gosh, I could I could see his name in my head. Who say it again? Uh, the wide receiver for the Rams who killed it this year. OBJ. Oh no, not OBJ. Cooper um, Cup. What? Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. See, I'm not in football mode right now. So Cooper Cup. I mean, how quickly Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup got on the same page? But as you point out, yes, OBJ trade deadline. He loses Robert Woods. He gets OBJ. That is on the quarterback and the wide receivers to find that rhythm. Otherwise, it's gonna, you know, it can be a lot more painful. No, I agree. I, I just, as a coach, I wouldn't pay those wide. They're a diamond dozen. They're like running backs. They're, you, you could get a great one in the draft. I mean, well, is, yes, yes. So, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't pay there that money. Some unique guys. Devontae Adams is unique. I think he's amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and I think Adams made a horrible career cho- uh, choice. Uh, you don't go to, from Aaron to Carr. I don't care. It just, it is what it is. Carr, to me, is so bad. I mean, he just doesn't have the it factor. But he can sling it. They're college teammates. You yeah. know, he's from the West Coast. They wanted to, he wanted to come home. I get it. Um, you know, I just don't know if he's going to. I'm telling you right now, I bet you Devontae Adams has a career low in receptions, yards, etc. Interesting. See, there you go. Making predictions. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so listen, this is might yeah. be a wholly completely different than your deal. My take on yours, even though our Brittany Griners are similar. I got to ask you because this is something that I take heat on, obviously. But I'm willing to do it because people are like, oh, nobody else talks about it. But I'm like, I would love to hear somebody is, with legendary status like you do to, to tell me why. Legendary. And you may you change, you may change my legendary. mind. JB, you have to be old to be legendary. <laughs> Uh, you can do legendary things at a young age. Come on. Uh, hey, I just had my 33rd guy drafted. I mean, I'm, I'm only 46. Amazing. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right, let me ask you. What is your take on the females, on females coaching either at the college four-year level or at the mm-hmm. NFL level? Like, I'm curious to get a woman's perspective because I've only had men on and talked. Um I want to know what your take is on females coaching a profession that, in my opinion, the reason I, I'm not in love with the fact is for two things. And, I, and then I, I want your take. But okay, um, my deal is there's an there's there's an equal in basketball. So, like, I promote I, I want to see more women coaching in the NBA because I okay. believe there is an equal in the WNBA. As far as at least you play the same exact schematical sport, meaning it's a five-on-five game, it's a 10-foot basket, genders are different, obviously, biomechanically is different, but you have the experience to go in and yell at a Devin Booker as a woman and say, you did this wrong, whether it's a pick and roll, whether whatever you did, right? In football, there is no equal. Now... And 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 this and these late and these women came at me one day. Were like, we have lingerie football. I said to me, that's a slap in the women's face. It's not. It's not an equal. You're playing in lingerie out here, like exploiting your body. In my opinion, it's not about. They're not coming to see you uh, run a curl route. They're coming to see you wear what you're wearing. In my opinion, which 
having a daughter, I'm like, there's no way I'd ever, you're not ever playing that sport. So there's no equal to the sport. So the, the, I guess the, 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 whatever you're going to be yelling at as a woman, if you're going to yell at uh, the left tackle for the Ravens, I just don't see him taking you seriously. And it's not a, it's not a sexist statement. It is a, it is a like, the merit of it just is not there because the you have never kickstepped gotcha. the credibility. You know, you never kickslided against Julian Peppers. Like, there's no way you're going to get me to understand the fact that you, this is what we have to do in this sport. And it's not even credibility because I, I, I believe there's coaches out there. There's only a few now that never played the game. Okay, and I, I already know people are going to come at me like, so Mike Leach never played football. Okay, Charlie Weiss never played football. Charlie Weiss was a great coordinator under a person that had a great cultural design of like Bill Belichick. Once he became a head coach, he was horrible. Notre Dame, he floundered. Kansas, he floundered. So because it takes this person, in my opinion, to have some type of tangible experience, Mike Leach, what has he done? He's had a couple good years at Texas Tech. He had a couple good years at Washington State, but he's never won anything as a head coach. Either of them have as a head coach when it, when the wins and losses are on your name sitting in this chair compared to being a coordinator calling a play and Billichek gets all the credit. So my thing is, I guess, like um, there's a lot of good young kids out here trying to aspire to get in this profession of football and coaching. And now I've seen not only friends of mine have, be victims of this, not victims, I, know, I hate using that word, but uh, being part of this equation that they're not getting a job because now they're hiring women in these in these spots. And that's something that's crazy, right? That sounds like crazy. Like, I've always endorsed women, and now it's like, wait up, women can't get hired? I'm like, nah, it's just a touchy deal because it's like it's a different space. Like, I'm not going to go sell Mac makeup at Macy's. Now, I'm not trying to compare the two, but I would never, as a human, want to take that position away from someone that knows it in and out. Like, that's just my equation. But what is your take? Go ahead and give it to me. I'm all ears. I, you, can, okay. you can cuss me out. I want to know. No, no, no. I'm, I, I, I will say this. I have dealt with this myself in, in my career. Because if you notice and if you pay attention, sports radio is still the one last bastion where there are very few females. Why? because you are not on the radio for what you look like or for the selfies that you put on social media. No, you're on the radio because Knowledge. you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. And if you don't, you are you are found out and you are exposed very quickly. So that's why there aren't as many females who do radio or why it hasn't opened up as much. And I'm not telling you every guy on the radio knows what they're talking about, only that when it comes to they don't. females breaking into the sports radio space, it's not because of, of how good I look in a, in a photo, right? Or a bikini or a lingerie or whatever else. It's because I can command an audience and I know what I'm talking about, but there's always been a different standard for me as a female. I've never been judged with the same... Uh, the same standard as a male, right? So if a guy makes a mistake, oh, it's a good old boy. He just did, he meant, he, I know what he meant. He, he wasn't wrong. He just said it the wrong way. No, if I make a mistake, I suck at my job and I shouldn't have it. So I've spent 25 years trying to prove myself. I no longer am in that place because I, that's just, I've, I've outgrown that. But I do recognize how hard it is to be a female and to be judged for your gender and for no other reason, just because you don't look and sound like the guys. 
when I was younger, I used to think my best play was to fit in and to blend in. Now I recognize that my greatest strength is to not blend in and to be different and to be unique. So I do have a lot of experience in this and being judged simply because I'm a female and for no other reason. One, mother, one more thing I will say. Yes, there are lingerie football leagues and I wouldn't watch them if someone paid me because I agree with you. That's making a mockery of the sport and those women. But there are also serious female football leagues out there so that they do have their own leagues. They've got their own Super Bowl. So it is possible to play football, obviously not the same game as the NFL. But, you know, Bill Belichick, who played high school ball or played lower level college ball, isn't isn't a coach because of what he did on the field. The, The best I would say the best coach generally are not the superstars they're the ones who had to sit and watch and study and so it's it's a like Larry Bird for instance he was a great coach with the Pacers for the short time that he did it but he didn't want to stay there because it was too frustrating for him as a coach to not get these players to understand and to comprehend the game to have the same vision as he did so the best stars don't often make the best coaches because they're used to doing it they're not used to teaching it now look okay, so I the- I, I have literally I'm on record saying exactly what you just yes. said. One thousand percent. The best players actually are the worst coaches of any sport. <laughs> I'm just telling yeah. you right now. It's because simply because you can't backpedal like me and turn and run. And I'm Deion Sanders. Right. And Mike Singletary takes over the 49ers and he's horrible because why you can't fill a, a B gap like I did. And, and some and sometimes I, I've had some ex great NFL players coach under me and I'm, I have to bring them in and say, look, dog, they are not you. They will never be you ever. Like you got to understand this. And they're like, damn, coach, I just want them to fill a gap. And I'm like, dog, you don't get it. They cannot do what you did. And uh, you're Greg Townsend. You know what I mean? You're a third all time NFL sack leader like. You got to understand that's not what it is. So, like, I agree full heartedly with with that. Um, And so I I, I do agree. Okay. So that's one point is that the and and high profile athletes will tell you all the time that when they suffer an injury and have to sit and watch, they learn more about the game by watching, even though it's not what they wanted to do. But those years, as much as they're painful to sit and watch, are valuable. Not only do you gain a greater appreciation for the skills and your your physical ability to do what you do at the highest level, but you also have to watch the game in a different way. So a lot of times your best coaches are ones who are forced to watch so that's that's one thing which females can do just as well as males right Um, and so I agree with what you're talking about is that it's hard to earn that credibility if you've never been in the arena yourself when people criticize me for what I do I always take it with a grain of salt if it comes from someone who's never sat in the chair where I have sat for 20 years. When it comes from colleagues, from fellow professionals, I very often will consider whether it's complimentary or criticism. I'll take that more to heart because it's coming from someone who's at least tried to do what I do or has done what I do. But at the same time, women, whether you're In basketball, whether you're in football, whether it's hockey, whatever it happens to be, uh, women can study, women can learn, women can be analytical as well. And if you're talking about someone like a Pat Summit, I know she's passed away, but there were a lot of people who thought she would have been the first 
female coach in the NBA that really had success. Now, Becky Hammond, I know she made the jump to the WNBA, but if you listen to not only Greg Popovich, who's one of the greatest coaches ever to walk the planet, but you listen to guys like Pau Gasol and other players who played under Becky as the top assistant, you recognize that to be in a room with her, to be in a gym with her for five minutes is to know that she has the knowledge, the passion, the ability to communicate. So I hope that she would make a jump to the NBA. She did, in fact, uh, interview for a few jobs and then ultimately decided to go to the double. Is she in Vegas? I think she's in Vegas. I think decided so, yeah. to go. Decided to go with a WNBA gig. But if you can communicate the game and you are are not going to have a thin skin, now that's not male or female. You got to have a thick skin in this business because you're you're there's no job credit or job stability, I should say, which means that your job is always on precarious territory. You've got to be able to roll with the punches. You've got to be mentally tough. All those things, whether male or female, those should apply to good coaches. And so, yes, I would agree with you that some are token hires. But in the NFL, you you and I both know tokens don't work because it's so competitive and it's so tight and the salary cap is so real that an NFL team will do whatever it takes to win. I don't have the answer when it comes to the Rooney rule and how do you integrate more minorities. I do think that what makes us different makes us stronger. So to have only white males all the time who are coaching your football teams does not make you better. And I'll, here, I'll give this example, too, um, because I work in a, a, a network that's based in New York. We're not New York. We, I don't even think we're on in New York. For the most part, our New York affiliate carries its own local programming. But a lot of times, my bosses, when I'm out or another regular host is out, will take a guy from New York, right? He's local. I don't have to pay him to come here. I can just put him in the studio. But to me, it actually makes your network weaker if all of your fill-ins, all of your voices that you bring on are white guys from New York or just New York sports fans, New York-based. That doesn't help you communicate with the rest of the country, right? So what you need is diversity. Again, whether it's coming from a female uh, football league where obviously you don't make a ton of money, you have to, to work and grind and give it you know all you've got 24-7, that's valuable. Whether it's... Uh, you know, an assistant who's had to work her way up through the ranks. A lot of times you get coaches that are hired based on, hey, I, I coached under Sean McVay, right? So there's something to be said for having different paths, different voices. Which is basically experience. nepotism. Well, yeah, right. So there's something to be said for hiring people who have different character and different road and different depth and different voices. I'm not telling you that every uh, female will make every female former player will make a great coach, but you know what? Not every male former player makes a great coach. No, and I'm a huge advocate for I believe there should yeah. be more women coaching women basketball in college. There's one well, percent. Yeah, the more diversity, the better. I mean, the, the more we the more we get people from all walks of life and all ethnicities and all colors. I mean, give me the color of the rainbow for heaven's sakes. Like whatever it is, the the more voices, the better your foundation, the stronger your culture. But you have more men coaching women basketball than women coach women basketball like That's and I understand true, Gino Ariyama. like yeah. I think he's one of the great he's in my top he five is. he's in my top five of any coach or leader in America history John Wooden right. Phil Jackson Bill Parcells I got Belichick um I, I also have Ariyama. but it, you can flip it like okay he did do his thing and he's he's dominated the sport uh forever but you also hire men that have no 
experience and have no resume yes. in a woman's sport where in my opinion you should hire a woman that knows it better in my opinion they know the women they know what it makes them clicks and make they understand well gino has all female assistants have you ever noticed yep. his yep. entire bench yep. in fact his number one his top assistant who's been with him for decades best she's recruiter been the entire time yep. yeah she's amazing she doesn't i mean she could be a head coach she just doesn't want to leave she loves what she does she essentially runs that program on a day-to-day -day basis while he's dealing with fundraising and with media and with everything BS. else but yeah i mean all of his assistants are women he hires a lot of his former players in fact gino ariema's coaching tree around the country is is almost entirely women i don't know that he's ever had a male assistant on his staff and so he, he's one of those guys that promotes women. Uh, I worked very closely with Jennifer Rosati, who played for him along with Rebecca Lobo back in the 80s and now is a successful coach in her own right. She was an Olympian. I mean, she's someone who could easily take over that program when he retires. It's just that he's not, I mean, like Vic Saban, he, he still enjoys what he does and he's not going to retire. So Gino is an aberration. I would agree with you. We need more, more women who are willing to step into that space and, and be be the, I guess, the face and the voice of a program, uh, like a Dawn Staley. She's been amazing at South Carolina and for Team USA basketball. Um, other women, like Kara Lawson, who took over at Duke after she was with the Celtics for a short period of yeah, time. Yeah. It's happening. It's about a shift in perspective. But, but that's not bad, right? It's not bad. And nah. I, I do think the women who coach at whatever level are more battle-tested. They're more bulletproof because, like me, I've already been through the worst that you can throw at me and I've survived. If I'm still here, that means not only have I earned it, but I've proved that I belong. And that's what happens with women who get to coach at the highest levels. They've already proved it. They've already earned it. They've already had to go through more of the trials and the criticism and the hate than any of the men. So oh, no doubt. they belong. They belong. Oh, I agree fully. I, I agree. Women get the raw end of the stick as far as the, in your profession. I mean, it's, a, it's a joke in, in my opinion. Well, radio but, TV is a little different. Yeah. TV, but it's for all the wrong reasons on TV. See? So I, I have a special segment real quick. I know you gotta get out of here. Um, one of my fans is a veteran. He, he, he's called into your okay. show on the radio before, and uh, okay. he wants just to ask you a question if you're okay with it. So yes, please. He's a good what's dude. Jeremiah is his name. Jeremiah, what's going on? <laughs> hey, you're muted, brother. Can't hear you. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear you. Okay, this is uh, this is my first day. Apparently, sorry about <laughs> that, Coach. There we go. How you doing, Jeremiah? Good, Coach. Thank you for having me on, Amy. I just wanted to tell you. Not only do you belong, I think you're a Hall of Famer. I've listened Thank to you, you since you were on ESPN. I'm sure I called in cussing about Barry Bonds being a cheater. We knew he was a cheater in his last four. His last four year, no, years were greater than his first 10. And you probably were in one of those structured ESPN radio shows where you had to take 10 seconds from somebody. Uh, but I have listened to you on CBS Sports Radio. I live in Alaska, if you don't. So you awesome. are on super late for me. Uh, and many a time I was coming home late from work or whatever, uh, I would listen to you. I think you are incredible on the radio. Uh, and as uh, you guys were discussing earlier, those who can't do teach or coach and those who can't teach coach Jim.
So <laughs> I would coach Jim. People ask me all the time, uh, if I wasn't in this business, what else would I be doing? And uh, my mom's a teacher at 75. She's still a full-time math teacher. I used to think teaching was dumb. Like who wants to teach? But now I recognize that I would be a coach. I would be a teacher. Uh, definitely would be working in sports somehow with kids because those are some of my passions. So yeah, I agree. I mean, I didn't play in the NFL. I didn't play football of any kind outside of flag football, but I know the sport because I have studied it like nobody's business. It's it's a different approach, but no one needs me to break down a route tree. That's not what I do on the radio, right? I can give you analysis in a different way. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening for all these years. And thank you for your service too. It's great to talk to you. Well, as you can tell, I'm done now. So <laughs> 25 years was enough. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on Coach's show too because he's made a difference in a lot of people's lives and he gets a little bit of... Um, criticism for being slightly abrasive. Um, <laughs> if I if I described our first encounter, uh, but I am a huge fan of him. I'm a huge fan of you. And I'm really glad that you were able to come on his show. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the, the 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 few seconds, Coach. Appreciate you, Jeremiah. Appreciate you coming. Talk to you. Um, yeah, we got good people in this chat that follow me. I, I get rid of all the slaps. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> All right, real quick, get you out of here. Favorite, yes. are you a wine or a liquor girl? Uh, you know what? I'm a lightweight, first of all. I will say that. Uh, my mom and I, we're Italian on my mom's side. And so we'll do uh, wine with dinner, something like, say, a Riesling. We like the sweet wine. I'll do a good pina colada every now and then. But I, And this is ridiculous, but it's so true. When you work nights, five nights a week, so I obviously don't drink alcohol before I work. Sometimes on the weekends, all I want to do is sit in my sweatpants and just veg out and not go out. But I will say, if you're giving me a choice, uh, probably a coconut. I'm big in coconut rum. Coconut rum and and di you know a diet or a coke is probably my favorite. Uh, that that's something that I could you could suck those puppies down and not realize. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go I'll go coconut rum. <laughs> All right, favorite food Italian. Oh well, honestly, not shrimp and seafood is my favorite. Mine too. Uh, but I also I'm also get this. Mark it down. If we ever have the chance to like cross paths in person, I am a chili a chef extraordinaire. I make so many different versions of chili. I win people over with chili because, you know, food is the way to a man's heart. Uh, although that, I guess, doesn't explain why I'm single. So there's a problem there, maybe. But yes, I love chili. I'm big at chili stews. I make all kinds of, of uh, chilies and stews. And so those I really oh, enjoy. I need I, Party, I, that's something I'm not good at. I'm chili? good at cooking. I, chili and stew, I've never really got into. Oh, um, so good. Favorite movie? Northeast, you got to have that kind of comfort food. Yeah, I have to. Favorite movie? Oh, heavens. There's so many. Um, but I'm such a romantic, so I love The Notebook. Um, I love Castaway with Tom Hanks. And I'll just admit it right here on your podcast. I am a Star Wars nerd. And I do mean that with every ounce of my body. I am a total nerd. I read the books. I watch the animated shows. I know the movies by heart. So Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, something else I'm, I'm a big fan of. Uh, so those would be a few of them. Favorite, last, last one. Favorite singer, rapper, or actor? You pick one. Oh, just one? Entertainer. Your favorite entertainer. Is, he a, is, he, is it a singer? Is it a rapper? Is it an actor? Oh, gosh. Um, like, right it, all right, let me ask you that. Put it like this. Okay. If you had to pay, you had to pay money 
Yep. And you have the opportunity to either see your favorite person's movie, your favorite person's listen to his live concert or whatever. Who do you go see? Oh, gosh. Okay. So uh, the, I have to give you two. I'm sorry. Um, if I could and... and uh, You give me one. You give me your favorite actor, your favorite okay, rapper, good. and your favorite singer yes. if you want. Okay, good. All right. So in, in the actor space, Tom Hanks, there isn't anything that he can't do. So I would pay money if I don't know anything about the movie to go see Tom Hanks. Uh, for instance, like my all-time favorite is Money Pit. That's my favorite comedy. Oh, of all that's time. one of mine. I love Money Pit. Oh, dear home God. Shit home. home yeah, shit, he, home. <laughs> but he is, he's awesome. I mean, there are others like Denzel Washington's amazing. He's really good. Also, um, now, like, uh, I could go see a Mark Wahlberg flick because they blow things up and it's like spy novels, whatever. Uh, so that would be actor would be Tom Hanks if you're like making me. In the music space, this is crazy. Uh, no one else is going to say this ever, but I play piano and I'm a big fan of classical, big fan of symphony orchestra. John Williams, who did all the Star Wars movies, but actually has done over a hundred film scores. He's retired now, but every now and then he comes out of retirement and does a special appearance at a symphony. So Boston Pops or, or whatever else that he conducts. If I could... That's what I would do, only because he's in his 80s and he doesn't really do it anymore. Um, but in terms of music, you're going to laugh at me, but I'm a big time country fan. So I've seen Tim McGraw in concert probably a dozen times. He, <laughs> he's my favorite. So I would always pay for a Tim McGraw concert. <laughs> really? Hey, that's a good list. What you, what's, his, what's the Williams guy name? John Williams, uh, one of the most famous film composers of all time. He's done Schindler's List and Jaws, Harry Potter, uh, Indiana Jones, all the Star Wars, but like over 100 films. He's, he's amazing. Jeremiah said, did you like Two Guns with Mark and Denzel? That movie Two Guns, isn't it called Two Guns? I don't know if I've seen that one. You know, my favorite Denzel movie is Man on Fire. Oh, he is a bad ass. I like Man, Man on, on Fire, Fire too. He's a killer. <laughs> he had a lot of movies, though. Shoot. Training yeah. Day. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know. Absolutely. Hey, well, so I couldn't thank you enough. I appreciate you coming on for over an hour. And I know you got to give your dog his shot. And uh, so, yeah. She's a girl. She's a girl. Oh, she. Honey. I'm sorry. I'm. Honey that's the biggest. Now, that's, Wait, here, a, gonna, that's a slap. That's a, a slap. That's a slap move from by me. Yeah, that is. Okay, hold on. Penny loves the beach. So I'll leave you with this. This was Penny's. So we were in North Carolina last week. This was Penny's. Oh, oh, hold on. Right Can there. You see her? Move it over a little more. Right there. Oh, my gosh. That's Penny at the beach. Oh, uh, she's cutie. She is so happy. Woo! She's a cutie. So she, sticks her, she sticks her face in the sand and she rolls around in it. Uh, but it's it's totally worth it. So You should come anyway, take my four to the beach. Uh, do they like the beach? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, two yeah, of them have not been yet. Um, oh, okay. And two of them have. <laughs> so, you know. They're busy tearing crap up. Yeah. Oh, they, they just, they, they love, they actually jump into the wave. Stogie used to dive into the wave. Um, Callie, she'll run in and then run out. You know, girl stuff, you know, dainty. She's more dainty. Yes, we um, take our time. But I'm curious to see these other ones and how they are, or how they're going to be. But so did, did she, did she help you get the, uh, the stingray in the water or what? Yeah, so... <laughs> 
No, Penny is at crazy enough. Penny doesn't like the water. She only likes the sand. So she'll kind of follow me into the surf. But she's, uh, yeah, she's very, uh, Aussies are, they're big into investigating and they're big into like checking it out. But she's also afraid of thunder and she's afraid of the waves. So kind of a weird dog. But I, <laughs> I do love her. And uh, at 12 and a half, I got to be careful whether we have a ramp to get in and out of my my Subaru Forester. But my friends tell me it could be worse. The ramp could be for you. So I travel with a ramp everywhere I go. So you know the things we do for our dogs. How old was Stogie? Shoot, man. I, that's what so sucks. That's what sucks so bad. He was only four fully healthy. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm he so he just started to get real aggressive with people and and uh you know oh, and if and, and I had an issue not not you know the him and him trying to basically kill off all my other dogs that wasn't the deal because i honestly i would have found these other dogs homes to keep him that's how yeah. you know that was my guy but uh he started to get real crazy like with other folks for some reason i think he was mad at me and I, that's one thing i regret ever doing was probably getting the other dogs um because it was just me and him for so long but then at the end of the day you know all these people are like jb he still was going to if he got out uh you know who knows? Does he bite a kid or a person? Like I just couldn't live with that uh, either. Right. So I was in a horrible spot for fuck, six months. So it was bad. Um, yeah. And now so I had these guys, and they love us so much. Yeah, that's all they're here for on the earth is serving you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm gonna call you and tell you what my weekend was like privately, and uh, you, you'll have to you'll have to hear this one. But uh, all right. I appreciate hey, you coming this. on. Hey, God bless you. Yeah. I hope you do well and continue success on everything. Keep killing it. Yeah. You're, uh, by the way, your conversation on our show is on our YouTube channel, which is completely different from this. But After Hours, Amy Lawrence on YouTube. And then you can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. We'll talk. Uh, but don't forget you owe me because I did this video for you. For over an hour, I tried to look like a girl. Uh, I took off my hat. I actually put on... Uh, a little bit of jewelry. Let's look at Oh, that's, hey, <laughs> hey, I gotta that's see. <laughs> I gotta see the. I gotta see the Amy Lawrence, the radio Amy Lawrence, where nobody gets to see. I need a video of that. Okay, well, you know what? I don't show up in shorts and sweatpants to work. I'm actually a professional. I work with some younger kids, guys, who show up in shorts. I'm like, man, I do not need to see that. Close your legs. Like, they sit across from me at a at a counter, right? And we're, we're facing wait, each other. Wait, we wait, 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 uh, wait. No, uh. I, I don't need to see your biker shorts when you're working. Like, stop it. Get behind the counter. Oh, no. I took that totally wrong. I thought... Like their balls were out or something. Well, I mean, it was a little bit too close for comfort. All right. So this one guy, he refused to put his pants on. I'm like, dude, you're at work. Put your pants on. I don't care if we work late at night. Hey. So I actually do dress like I'm a girly girl. So I do dress like a professional when I go to work. I tell guys every day. Every day is an interview. Damn it. And if you, you nowadays, you know what happened? The social media and Zoom of the world, Zoom of the world, allowed people to actually think it was okay to interview in a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. And I'm like, and yeah. I interviewed a guy, I interviewed a guy and I told his ass to stand up and he had sandals and shorts on and I hung up. <laughs> Cause I, every day is an interview. I'm like, no, yes. hell no. You ain't half, so, you're half you're assing media. me. You're half you're assing me. Yeah, your social media is part of your resume. You got to know that. You have to be careful what you put oh, out there. Always. Guaranteed. That's that's on my PowerPoint. It's actually the, exactly. So Nice.
Got it. Hey. Touchdown. Thank you so much. I love you. Appreciate you. You're welcome. We'll talk soon. All right, babe. Bye. Bye. Oh, uh, great, great Amy Lawrence. Shout out to her for coming on, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, out of her comfort zone. I appreciate her. Can't thank her enough. Um, big time in the sports world right there, so I appreciate her coming on. Um, I thought she was going to say, I, this guy's balls dropped out of his pants. I'm like, holy shit, what the hell's going on here? So uh, appreciate uh, her coming on, and uh, she is. you can tell she's as real as it gets, obviously, or she wouldn't have came on my show. So uh, kudos to her and, uh, and everything that she uh, represents. Um, yeah, my last take on the deal. Yeah, I'm going to have Carlos on here. Uh, the last deal is the Booker and the CP3 totally falls under this soft generation of flopping, load management, uh, lack of desire and dedication um, to be elite at their craft. That is where, to answer a lot of you guys' questions about the CP3 thing, that's what I think. I mean, some also just don't have it, whatever it is. And the bottom line is CP2 just doesn't have it. And Booker is not even fucking close to Kobe Bryant. Please stop it. And, you know, he's doing jump passes and fucking missing free throws and lack of will to take over a game and insert his will. It just blows my mind on the comparisons that you guys still give him and compare him to Kobe Bryant. Um, but anyway... Uh, Good show, great guest, Amy Lawrence. Shout out! I'll have this up on the audio side here shortly, um, and uh, go from there. And uh, I'm gonna end the audio side. I'm gonna upload it. We can go to after hours. Jeremiah, you still in here? I'll bring you back on. Uh, Lucy, what up? Um, I appreciate everybody joining in on this. Hate me now, love me later segment. Great shout out to Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio, for coming on and gracing us for over an hour. Shit, she did not have to do that, especially on video. I know how that is because I didn't like going on people's videos either. So much love to Amy Lawrence and uh, her her dog and uh, stay, saving the stingray. So appreciate everything, and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow for the Coach Em Hard, Love Em Harder segment at 5 p.m. Pacific, and I'll see you back here for Work Boot Wednesday on the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, Work Boot Wednesday. All sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline. Use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and tell them I sent you. Talk to you soon. See you later. Peace. Storm Hail Marys, I make it poor. Good, I ain't lying. You little giants, we've been defying. Vice. What's the cost? Speed of boss, breaking down the walls. We all lean once the coin gets tossed. Got the kind of action, never acting. Don't need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four threes, we get it cracking. When the snap call it saran, cause it's a wrap. We knock them out, they taking naps. Yup. We lit, we intercept the shit and run it back. Fuck it, we run it back.